Okay, Ladita, what is this? Hey, everybody, and welcome to a Wednesday night show and tell, decade strong, live broadcasting every week on Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. It's me, Lady Ada. With me is Mr. Lady Ada. We're here at the Adafruit headquarters. That's right behind us where we do our testing, shipping, and manufacturing. But for the next 25 minutes or so, we're going to check in with people around the world to see what they're hacking on, people from the Adafruit community, as well as people who work at Adafruit. And uh, we'll see what goodies they're up to, maybe some gaming, some previews, and some spooky stuff. Let's start off with Melissa. Melissa, what are you up to? Hi. Uh, okay, I am working on getting TensorFlow working on a Raspberry Pi here, and um, so I got a camera here, and I want to share my screen here. Uh, let me see how to do that. Let's see if this works. Okay, here we go. So I can kind of, can you see my screen here? Yeah. Okay, um, so I'm gonna hold a item in front of here and you can kind of see it like trying to detect. So I got the syringe here and I noticed that was one of the items on oh, there. Yeah, so it it's, says about 20 It's kind of getting confused with multiple images, things on there at a time, but. Well, there's a lot of stuff. It's there's a quill, it's a wig. It's a well, it, probably right. it probably thinks your hair is a wig. It's a dishwasher. It does. It, it does. Because my hair is long. It does say syringe with 98%. So that's pretty good. Like when you yeah, hold uh, it up. There right. we go. In front of it. So it's fire. Okay. okay. All right. Anyway. So that's, that's what I got working on there today. So I want to get OpenCV working on here too. So that it'll actually show little boxes around the items on the little LCD. Okay. Making progress. Good work, Silky Terrier. Often pincher and drumstick. <laughs> <laughs> That's my new name for you, drumstick. No, just kidding. All right, thanks, Melissa, for the, uh, the update. All right. Uh, I think what's funny is your hair. You know, you have this, like, luxurious long hair, so it's like you're a wig or, like, an Afghan hound. You know, it looks like this kind of luxurious pet. It's like a bad life, you know? Like, we, if we could all be, be born as dogs, I think we'd be much happier people. <laughs> all right thanks melissa uh, thanks. Uh, next up let's go all the way to the spooky side with jp hey all right let's let's uh take a look are you are you uh showing my um yeah we're showing you other video camera which is terrible mask image yeah, yeah. so how about that huh? so what i'm going to show um is let me switch over to uh my camera now and uh oh you can see me over here so what i'm going to show on my show tomorrow is how to take a pretty typical vacuform Halloween mask or any other kind of costume mask, could be something fancier, uh, and add your um, monster mask to it in a really nice, comfortable way that uh, allows you to still see a little bit under, under uh, the eyes and wear this uh, nice foam against your forehead rather than pressing a bunch of um, components and PCB into you. So this is pretty quick and easy to make and it's uh it's perfect for creeping everybody out and you can actually see below you have like a like a grill or yeah you... i can see below so there's a there's a grill on here and you could add this yourself or some masks this one's meant to have dead eyes it's based on a horror movie called um the strangers so this mask comes this way so that 
it's it's sort of blacked out. Oh, I see. So you can see eyes, but you can see out just fine. Yep, you can see out really well, just like any sort of stretched thin black mesh material. And so this really enhances the effect because I'm seeing out of it underneath these. Uh, it actually makes the mask a little more comfortable because it's pushed away from your face a little bit. And normally this mask kind of suffocates you. Um, but I think this is a, a really uh, nice example of how creepy the uh, the eyes can get um, if you use your monster mask and, and customize your, your eyeballs on here. Uh, and very easy to put together. Yeah, that's absolutely horrifying and wonderful at the same time. Well, Halloween starts in two days on September 1st, as everyone knows. It's, so you're ready yeah, to lock. We're almost there. I know. I can't yeah. wait. All right, thanks, All right. For, thanks for the spooks. You bet. Come by tomorrow and, uh, and check it out on my show. And more. And you'll be doing a lot more fun Halloween projects in the next uh, two months of Halloween, September and October. We're gearing up. Yeah, two months of the year. That's not so bad. One six of the year is Halloween. Yep. And then there's a post-Halloween. Uh, okay, <laughs> known Pedro, what are you guys 3D printing? Yep. Hey, hey, folks. Uh, so this week we thought we'd get to this uh, solder dispenser project. So we made a solder dispenser a couple of years ago, and then cranks happened. <laughs> cranks happened. We had to make this is so hot right now. It, it was the top comment. So yeah. I got my little Adabot here. He's got some solder in there, and he's got a snap fit cover. And the crank is the pretty much the exact same crank that we used uh, in the crank project. So uh, I got some solder here. It's got a little spool holder, and uh, it snaps in there with the snap fit part, so I can pull out my solder wire. And uh, Lamar, if you want one, let me know. I'll print you one. I guess, of course. That's, I, I like that. You, the thing that I like about it, it's not that you unwind it, of course, because you know you just pull it if you want yeah. to get solder, but yeah. to crank it back when you're done, that's kind of nice. Yeah, because then you have so to nice. unwind it. So okay. there we go. It's a really uh, fun little print. Um, you can print it in different colors, or you could do extrude it as well. But I just think that the crank is really nice. We're gonna do some more stuff with it. So now you're you're like what, you make a thing, and then you're like, I'm using this thing. I'm gonna crank. <laughs> I'm gonna crank the heck out of that. The crank. <laughs> there you go. Your name, All right. Well, it's cool. We got a lot of exciting uh, stuff coming up. Yeah. Another cool. Another cool thing. We we get to. Uh, we played around with uh, Instagram uh, filters. So shout yeah. out to Stephanie on, on YouTube who made a tutorial and we followed it and we made our own uh, Instagram filter. So if you go to the Instagram uh, Adafruit page right here, there's a little tab with a little happy face. Oh, look, the bleaker one. Sweet. Oh, and the yeah, they're all, they're, they are now they're all activated. Yeah. So you can wear NeoPixels or yeah. a monster mask if you want to, if you want to try it right. out right you can literally click try it <laughs> and it'll download it and there i am oh Ooh. my god <laughs> that's first time seeing it nice that's insane. so these are actually the pcb files the the eagle board files that are just i love it because no, it's like we have these pcb files and it's like yeah they're handy but now you're like you really I can, I can use them this is great so we get to we also do a natabot uh version so we can take yeah. the weekly projects and like does that actually kind of work does let's work? see what is that Oh, it's a different filter. Oh, the oh, scaling yeah. is There's wrong. But uh, you can kind of see, like, you can go inside, you can play back animations. So we're having a blast. Cool. Yeah, you so we'll have a good AR time. <laughs> no, it's like a little friend. It's like, hi, I'm Lily. Let's see if it loads. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm back. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> AR scaling is funny. No, it's like inches or centimeters. Let's we'll try it out. Let us know. And uh, maybe y'all can make a. We'll make a guide or something so you guys mm -hmm. can access yeah. it. Right? So if you go on Instagram and you go to Instagram.com slash Adafruit and you follow, click the little face and that unlocks all the effects. Yeah. You got it. All right. Sweet. Don't forget, we did a Hangout show. Check that out. That was fun.
Yeah, and we'll be playing some of the videos and more on Ask an Engineer tonight. Awesome, thanks. Awesome. All right, thanks, thank you. So let's go to Scott now. All right, next up, let's go check out what Scott is doing. Hello. You got Game Boys, you got... I got all sorts on. of gaming stuff. I'm going to PAX West on Friday, which is here in Seattle. I'm going to check out the play date for sure, but I wanted to show off some gaming on CircuitPython devices. Uh, these are ones you've seen, Pi Badge and Pi Gamer. Uh, the thing I wanted to point out is that uh, we have a different refresh API now in CircuitPython that makes it... Uh, this level in particular is tough because all of these little blocks are, are seeing if you're on it. So it causes it to be slow. Now, I don't know if I... Is that any yeah. better? It's a little bright. No, we can see it. Yeah, um, I can see the character. Okay. But basically, it's better about keeping the speed of the character even when it's dropping frames. Uh-huh. Um, oh. You could see, like, as I fell, it was slower. But yeah. the overall rate should be better now than it was before. It used to just run really slowly overall. Yeah. Um, and now it's, like, much, much better. Uh, so the new, is, the new uh, refresh control, so, like, how is it different than what it was last week? So what it was before is you'd say like, oh, wait for frame. And that tried to keep you at a particular rate. But right now you can actually set what that rate is. Whereas before it kind of just would refresh whenever you wanted to, um, which would mean that like, oh, maybe it, like refreshing the screen is not cheap. And it might have done it when you didn't want to, like when half the screen was updated. So now you're you can be explicit about when you want it to update. And you can also be explicit about at what rate you want it to update. So this is running at 30 frames a second rather than 60. Yeah, this would be handled for the Pi Portal. Like one of the things I noticed was if I put a lot of text on the screen, you know, it would refresh in the middle of the text. So it would slow down, but it would only show like a couple letters at a time. Right. And what's nice is that instead of spending all that time doing the refresh like four times while I'm putting text on, stop right. the screen, put all the text and objects you want on the screen, and then tell it now do the refresh. Exactly. It's faster overall, even yeah. though it, it's faster over. It's not that much slower than individual refresh because you're not like ending up pausing and, and, and going back and forth. Yeah. Right. Right. So uh, it works by default, just like before, where it auto will it will auto update for you. But uh, you can say auto refresh off and then it will do it only when you call it, which is okay. Cool. And then and what's then this? This is uh, so this is my custom Game Boy cart running CircuitPython. And what I didn't have before is this is actually Game Boy Color. It's kind of hard to see on the screen, uh, but there is a bit of color it there. It wasn't famous for having great color. No, but it, I thought it might actually it be does. better, a bit better <laughs> than than the backlit screens because it's not. It'll actually be better. We can see her red hair in the purple, the blue background, and you're jumping. So yeah, yeah it's, it's colorful. It's what sixteen color palette. So it's really tricky. Um, Pico 8, which this game is based on, is 16 colors. Um, oh, I think I crashed. <laughs> or you're just stuck to the side. She's like, yeah, I, this, it, I'm having reliability issues still. Okay. But um, the challenge is that the Game Boy Color itself can do a bunch of colors. It's actually, you can think of it as RGB 555. Um, it's that many. It's 15 bits of color. Um, but you per tile, you can only have four colors. Uh, because that's kind of like the original limitation of the original Game Boy. So you can only have basically four colors per eight by eight square. And so one of the things I had to do is like for every eight by 
by eight square in the sprite sheet, like figure out which colors you have and warn you if you have one that has even more in it. Um, All right, cool. Well, if people want to see this, can, can they find you at PAX West? Yeah, okay. uh, let me let me know on Twitter that you want to do that because I'm I'm only there one day and I have folks that I want to chat with there as well. So All right. yeah, definitely let me know. Some amazing stuff coming out of CircuitPython. Everyone can't wait, 5.0 dropping soon. All right. Thank yep. you, Scott. Yay. All right. Next up, let's go to Mike B. You can give us an update on some of the guides you've been doing. And we'll get to Chris Young after that. Oh, Mike, we can't hear you. Sorry. I did uh, two guides. Uh, one, um, I don't remember. This, yes, one was on Web USB, which you can go on to learn.adafruit.com and see. The other was um, exploring. Uh, Microsoft Make Code and various ways of using storage. There's a storage module where you can actually read and write files too, um, similar to other languages. And uh, I was playing with Circuit Playground Express with the data logger um, extension. And so what I'm having this do is um, when it's green, it's logging data, logging the temperature and the light level and um, pad A1 right here, which uh, is for a soil sensor. So you, this would be like a complete way to monitor a uh, plant. So um, it's collecting data. Now what I found is it's best to pause data so you can access the drive. That way the file is closed. Your operating system will play with it nicely. And so, I'm going to try to share a screen that um, don't show again. Can you see anything? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So um, this yeah. is showing um, a flash drive. Um, we don't. Um, it's not going to appear as uh, uh, C Play Boot, meaning the boot screen. It's not going to be CircuitPy, the CircuitPython flash. It makes a flash drive called MakeCode. And so there's, like uh, the CircuitPy drive and CircuitPython, there's some text files that kind of show you what's going on and a, and a UF2, which is the program you're running. But there's this directory called SPI Flash. And if you go into that, um, there's a file called log.csv. That's for the data logging. Um, you can name in the storage module, you can name anything you want, but uh, I think. Uh, so it's that easy. You just have a CSV and there's yeah, the data, and then you can. There's the files, it. and you can use it on, on anything you want. You can, um, for example, this is the logging. I just logged some text with the values, but uh, yeah. if I click the CSV file, which is just the numbers with commas separating them. Um, well, I think for, for more details, they can check out your guide for how to plot it, import it, and all that good stuff. Definitely. It's okay. all laid out and it's, it's spelled out very quickly. I don't know if the... Okay. Okay. It's not... It, it likes you to copy things off before Excel. Uh, yes. Um, check, Excel check the guide for it, all the... So, yeah, yeah, check the guide for all the details because you, you, you wrote an excellent guide and we, we'll also talk yeah. about it on the show. That's okay. right. Next up, all right. Thanks so much, Mike. thank you, Mike. All right, next up, let's go to Chris Young. Can you hear me? Yeah, yep. we can hear you and we can see your screen. Okay, this is a uh, infrared transfer board that I prototyped way back in March of 2013. 
and uh, it was back when I was first getting involved in in infrared, and I uh, I showed it on the show and tell on uh, uh, March of of twenty uh, thirteen. Here's a schematic for it. Uh, I put four LEDs because I didn't know if two was going to be enough. It's kind of loosely based on the output portion of the TV be gone. And this was the uh, uh, Eagle CAD board. This was the first circuit board I ever designed back in 2013. And here's one of them constructed. It's still in use today. This was a, a ray tracing rendering I made of the board. It was all, uh, I, I modeled the parts myself. I thought it looked pretty good. You guys were all impressed with it. But now we fast forward, and this is the third revision of the board, and that's a Fusion 360 rendering of it. And um, it's got two LEDs and three driver transistors and a couple of receivers. And uh, here's the schematic, again, an eagle. There's the board. I've added some extra power and ground pins because sometimes I'm hooking it in with other components and it just as handy to have some some extra pins I can stick things on to. And here's a learning guide for it uh, that was just published this week. I'm building an infrared transmitter and receiver board. And this is all in preparation for a massive tutorial that I'm writing about my uh, assistive technology ultimate remote. And this is just one component of that project and I thought it deserved a guide of its own. So uh, I'm about halfway done with that mega guide on the ultimate remote. And uh, this this part is all finished. Big thanks and a shout out to Bill Benko who made an assembly video for me and uh, showed how to assemble the board. And uh, then I narrated it. And we're gonna go do the same thing for the ultimate remote. And so uh, here's the board that that Bill built uh, for me, and it looks really nice. And as always, for more on my projects, go to tech.cyborg5.com. Join us on the AT Makers Facebook page, and of course, the guys is on the learn.adafruit.com. Yeah, it's a great guide, and we'll talk about it on the show as well. You've, okay. uh, you're like the expert of IR. You're like by far the, the person who knows the most about IR decoding and encoding. So it's good to have you making hardware for people to use it with. Yep. Thanks Yay. so much, Chris. Thanks, Chris. All right. All right. Next up, let's go to Chris Schmidt. Schmidt. Sorry. Hey. Hey. Hey, Chris. Oh, hey. Um, I have uh, a couple of things to show off. Uh, uh, okay, I'll take two, three minutes to show what you got. Okay, cool. Noise, come back. Okay. Uh, the, so the uh, the smaller thing that I'm working on at the moment uh, is a, an acrylic nightlight that I made um, a year ago when Tech Shop was still open. Um, it's laser cut out of uh, acrylic and plywood, um, and then this uh, this version uses a, a, a NeoPixel stick and a AP Tiny uh, to run just like really simple light patterns. Um, and I, I designed all this in Illustrator last year, and that's a, a big pain whenever you're laser cutting because you have to account for the material width for all the tabs and stuff to fit together. So I'm working on a new version that I modeled out in Fusion 360.
360 and uh, um, tied all the material widths to uh, uh, variables so that I could go through and quickly adjust the size and stuff like that. So this one's eventually going to run off of uh, Trinket M0 because I want to put a capacitive touch pad on here so they can run um, just whatever light pattern by default. And then whenever you touch it, it does some other kind of light pattern or maybe I'll put a speaker in and put sound or stuff like that. So, um, and the larger project that I'm working on, there's a prototype for, uh, for a Palenko machine that can tell what, uh, what disc you're playing with. Uh, so whenever whenever you go through and play, it does the regular thing like uh, light up the gate that you went through, and there's a little uh, spinner down in the bottom that is kind of a placeholder for a thermal receipt printer that I'm learning how to program now. Um, but it can tell, like it changes the color of the spinner based on which tile you play with, and the idea is that each of the tiles or each of the discs will have nouns on it. And each of these gates is probably kind of hard to see in the video, but there's a verb written on it, and there's going to be artwork printed out that is a combination of uh, the uh, the verb and noun. And there's going to be a mascot that will be do doing the verb with the noun that you pick. So you could be like, uh, it could be the mascot eating a cupcake, or sitting on a cupcake, or wearing a cupcake, stuff like that. So, um, and both like both of these were uh, laser cut. This one was a lot of hand cutting, um, laser etching for the tiles. And then there, uh, there's like if I can get it turned around. There's actually two microcontrollers running this. There's a, a feather that's handling the main game logic, and then uh, a trinket that's running the light patterns for the LEDs, the the gates, and then the speaker. Which like I turn the the sound down because um, I don't know if you can hear that or not, but it's just like tones running uh, running to do the sound effect. So the final version is probably going to have a feather and then a couple of AC tinies to kind of like logically separate out the lights and sounds and stuff. So yeah. Um, Great work. Yeah, the only thing these projects are missing is an as seen on the show and tell sticker. Don't forget to email. Sportingdatafruit.com for your show and tell sticker. Good work. Beautiful. I love, I love the nightlight. It's simple, but it just looks so great. Yeah, this was one of the first like hardware projects I tried making. I've only been doing this for like a year and a half. So, all right, thank you so much. Okay, thank okay. you, Chris. Okay, next up, Matt Costi, play us out. Hey, how's it going? Hey. So I've gotten some more progress on my uh, pixel stick. Um, so the last missing piece I had was a way to mount a battery to the build. So I designed and printed out this uh, kind of like a, a hose clamp that can attach to the 2020. And so this would just like slide right in. I can tighten up this bolt and then it's good to go. Um, and then, so um, I already had this, but wanted to give it a closer look. So this is um, the housing that I have for the feather and then the ESP32 breakout. And then I also modeled in a snap fit uh, case. So that just goes up here and snaps in. Um, these are my first two like really uh, involved um, CAD models before. So I hadn't really done this before. And then the last thing I wanna show is I actually, now that I have a battery and the whole thing is portable. I actually was able to go out in the field and 
take some pictures with it, which is really exciting. Let's so, see the pics. Can you guys see my screen? Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Oh, good. Right. Mark block. So um, this good. is just what the build looks like, and then um, when it's all assembled. This is my first picture. Uh, I had to do Hello World. Um, Looks great. More pink mark, than usual. Question mark block. And then uh, at the end, I was just uh, playing around with uh, just rainbow effects. Looks so cool. Very cool. <laughs> well, as always, email sportadafruit.com, and you can get as seen on the show and tell sticker. Or you can just take the graphics and paint it on the sky. There's <laughs> choice with that. All right. Well, it looks right. amazing. Good work. And I, I know that the uh, the uh, cell phone interface is the really powerful part. So it's you de definitely taking yeah. it one step further. Yeah. Thanks so All right. Time. Come back and, and show us as you do more with it. Will do. Okay, cool. Thanks, everybody. All right. That's our show and tell tonight. Thank you, everybody, for making this the best 25 minutes of our week. Every single week, we'll be doing Ask an Engineer in just about five minutes. We'll get set up here. Uh, we'll be back next week, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. If you were on the show and tell and you want a sticker, Email support at adafruit.com. If you're a kid, please have a guardian-like entity do that for you. See you in a couple of minutes. Not a Zelda guardian, like a human guardian. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. <laughs>